Welcome to the Minute Church Podcast. Today we're continuing our series, Jesus and the Christmas Vacation. Today's sermon is entitled, Making It Your Problem. We're going to be looking at the story of Jesus' birth from the perception of Joseph. We're going to look at Joseph's life as a reminder to us that we all get overwhelmed with drama that we didn't ask for. And so today, sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast starting right now. Y'all ready to dive in this today? I'm excited to be continuing our series, Jesus in a Christmas Vacation. Jesus in a Christmas Vacation. Man, this whole series has been incredible, man. It's really touched my life. And, man, there's a lot of things that I've applied in me to myself. And, man, it's just been incredible. I apologize today. There won't be any slides, uh, notes. And so y'all bear with me. So make sure you have your Bible or your Bible app pulled up today. Uh, if you don't have that, just go to uh, Bible.com and you can pull up any translation that you feel pleased to read. But today's sermon is entitled, Making It Your Problem. Making It Your Problem. Making It Your Problem. Now, I want you guys to think about something just for a second. Have you ever, uh, you ever? In, my, most of us in here have jobs, right? Most of us, I think all of us pretty much, uh, some of us are retired and then quit being retired and decided they wanted to go back into the workforce because they were bored at home. Said no one ever. Just kidding. Now he works at the DMV and it's crazy. But but, but we've worked all kinds of shifts, right? All kinds of shifts. And uh, I, I know when I first started uh, one of my jobs, I had to start on night shift, the graveyard shift, the punk rock shift. And, and when I first started EMS, I really liked night shift because they wouldn't know what? Supervisors. <laughs> and so me and my EMS partner, man, we used to get in a lot of, uh, we say trouble, uh, but we used to go to, we had the computer in there. And we could see what calls were pending. And so they would always dispatch the closest unit. And so what we would do is we would hightail it to the, the, the call because it sounded good. We're like, man, we got to go to this. And so we'd probably tell myself, I probably shouldn't do this live. But, <laughs> but, but, man, we used to go. And, man, so we, I'd always like working night shift because we would always get into something, something cool or something amazing. Uh, but I've worked all kinds of other shifts. Maybe like you guys, you, you maybe had to start on night shift and you finally got to go to days. And uh, I know recently one of our, our teammates, she finally come off night shift and she's on day shift. And, man, she was super excited. She's like, I feel like a whole new person. You guys that's ever worked night shift, you may understand what I mean when you go from nights to days. You feel like a whole brand new individual. I know I did and I started to feel better, started to have a better sleep pattern. But I remember this one particular job I was at, and, man, it was right close to almost time to getting off. I don't know if you guys ever do this. Anybody ever watch the clock at work, or maybe you're watching? You're waiting, and you're like, oh, yes, <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got an eight-hour shift today, man, lunchtime, and I got about four and a half hours left. I ain't counting or anything, and, and man, you get right there, oh, man, I got 30 minutes left. Ooh, man, it's going to be great. I'm thinking about where I'm about to go for dinner, what I'm going to be doing for dinner. It's going to be awesome. Man, you get all these great plans. You're excited because the end of the day is coming, and then I had this time where I was looking forward to the end of the day. And I had a roughly about an hour, hour and a half left somewhere in the ballpark, and my boss came in and handed me a stack of paperwork and said, hey, I need you to do this before you leave today. Anybody ever had this happen? Man, you're looking, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, you can see it, and then all of a sudden, the big man comes up and like, hey, look, <laughs> you've got to do this before you leave. 
And you know good and well that, you know, man, I know how long it takes. Man, this is going to take me roughly about an hour, and I'm going to get off 30 minutes late for, for, this, for this stuff he wants me to do. He may have had this happen. I know I have, and man, it, I know how it made me feel. I was upset. But listen, 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 listen. I mean, it's Monday, and it's been a long day, or it's Friday, it's been a long day, and here he comes, he drops this paperwork off, and he don't even say thank you. Don't even say please. Man, that's upsetting, right? <laughs> I know for me, it's, man, I want to punch somebody in the face. I want to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have time for this shenanigans. And listen, 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 listen. <laughs> you got the light at the end of the tunnel, and all this stuff's coming, and, man, it's going to take you forever. Don't even say please and thank you. But maybe, just maybe, you know, if he would have said please or thank you or, you know, maybe they were just a nice boss, you might have a little bit of compassion, right? No, we don't. <laughs> just not to be honest in here. Like, you're really still upset. You're still mad about it. Like, I really don't want to do this. But most of the time, this becomes what we say, this is the next shift's problem. This is somebody else's issue. This is somebody else can take care of this. Why do I got to do this? Anybody ever had that? <laughs> if my boss brought me something right now and handed it to me and said, hey, you got to do this, you know, 30 minutes before you go home and I know it's going to take me an hour and a half, I'm like, uh-uh, it's not shift's problem. <laughs> night shift can do it. <laughs> and so, and so, listen, this happens all the time. I'm going to share a little, another little quick story with you. And, and, man, you may have all heard about these four individuals I'm getting ready to tell you about. Y'all ready for this? this? And their names are everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. Everybody know these people? Me too. So there was an important job to do, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anyone could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about this because it was everybody's job, and everybody thought anybody could do it. But nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. And it ended up that everybody blamed somebody and nobody did anybody did what anybody would have done. That's a tongue twister, ain't it? You ever met them four people? But it all starts with it's not my problem. It's not my problem. And today we're gonna look at that, making it your problem, making it your problem. So we're going to look today, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, some different things here. Uh, or, or let me back up just for a second. Uh, back, you know, there's the craziest thing called the Internet. It used to have things called memes, and, and there was one that was circling around uh, uh, a couple of years ago that I thought was pretty funny, and, it's, and, and it would become pretty, pretty uh, common to see on Facebook and other social media. It says, not my circus, not my monkey, right? It's not my circus, it's not my monkey, not my problem. It's not my issue. These were things of saying, hey, listen, it's not my issue. It's not my problem. Try to give you guys some reverence here. Not my issue, not my problem. <laughs> and the truth is that, that people are full of drama, right? Y'all think right now, uh, maybe co-workers you work with or any family. <laughs> some of us dealing with family, you know what I'm saying? Like full of drama. Drama, 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 drama. And for the last several weeks, we've been talking about Jesus and the Christmas vacation. And we've looked and talked about, you know, uh, in, in the Christmas vacation, you've got Clark Griswold and how dysfunctional his family is. And then we've looked and seen how uh, Jesus can be kind of compared to some of the similarities of having some dysfunctional people in their family. And we talked about Cousin Eddie. And if you don't know who the Cousin Eddie in your family, it's probably you. But today, we're going to talk about it's not my problem. And we're going to find out why it's going to be making it your problem. And listen, 
the phrase, it's not my problem, almost kept Christmas from happening altogether. Altogether, man. Y'all know y'all, we're going to dive deep in this today. So y'all hold on. So last week we talked about Mary, the mother of Jesus. This week we're going to talk about Joseph. We're going to talk about Joseph. And this is the legal but not biological father of Jesus. Legal but not biological. You know, there's thing called paperwork you got to fill out. And, uh, so they had to write Joseph's name on there. But it wasn't the biological father of Jesus. And we learned this last week. So today, if you uh, got your Bible, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 18. And it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we learned this last week, and we talked about how the power of, of, of Jesus, or the power of God, and the power of the Spirit is, and the power that we have, uh, Amy, still to this day. And you know, I don't want to bore you guys with a lot of details that we talked about last week, but but just imagine with me that the Bible here is, or, or don't imagine, but the Bible here it shows that Mary was probably very young, a very young age at this time, you know, somewhere maybe in her teenage years, and so, uh, but she was engaged to Joseph. And, you know, we learned last week that she had pretty much all of her plans kind of set out. And her and Joseph were, you know, they were getting married and they were going to build a family together. They were going to build a house and have a business and, uh, uh, and, and whatnot. And, you know, they had it all figured out. They had it all, uh, you know, to a T of what was going on. So back in the day, this was a binding, when you got engaged, this was a binding agreement. This was sold. You were set. There was nothing that could take it apart. This was, this was, this was it. Yeah, check it out, check it out. <laughs> it couldn't be dissolved, but with just a legal divorce. That was the only way that it could happen. It's not like today in today's relationship where you can just change your relationship status on Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, man, did you see who got broke up now? <laughs> Anybody seen that? I'm like, hey, look, Trina done got broke up with, uh, with, with Billy Bob over there. She done changed her status on Facebook. What done happened? See, it's easy to change a relationship status today because we can just go in there, uh, a couple of clicks of a button on Facebook, and I, y'all be like, what happened to Pastor Michael? What happened to him and Tasha? Trying to take care of a few things, and all of a sudden, now their relationship status doesn't change. What gives? Ooh. I done lost what page I was on. Oh, here we are, here we are. <laughs> but see, back in the day, this was very, very official that when two would become one in the household, uh, the young woman would, would live at, at her family home and the man would live at his home with his family and uh, while they begin to build uh, their families together, build a, you know their own home, their own structure. And If I could ever go back, and I always tell Tati, we always joke about things because we've been together for a hot second and we talk about things that we wish that maybe we could have done a little bit different. And uh, I know for me, I think the one thing that I could have wished I would have done different would have had a little bit more money in our savings account before we decided to get married. But we were in love and it didn't matter because we just figured it out and that's what we did but you know <laughs> I know for me that I was like man I just kind of wished that I would have set some money back maybe for a house or a down payment or down payment on a car or something kind of a bill fill our future out but we were in love so it didn't matter <laughs> but this was custom back in the day that that you know they would live separate and they would start working on building a house and home together so so <laughs> So it was sometime during the year of their engagement that Joseph found out that Mary become pregnant and that he wasn't the father. 
now. We're going to dive deep in this today. So we talked about how they're going to be, you know, we learned a little bit last week. They've done, kind of planned out their future. They're living in separate homes. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, you leave your father and your mother to come together as one. That's, you know, kind of where we're going with that. And, and so they were living apart. And, you know, we're planning out their future. And then all of a sudden, Mary goes to Joseph and like, hey, look, I'm pregnant. And you're not the daddy. You're not the baby daddy. Now, about to get crazy up in here. And so last week we, we talked about the necessity of God, uh, um, God himself being the father of Jesus because of the, the sinful nature of human beings. And this was the only way that, that Jesus could come into the earth and be completely pure and holy. And so that's why Joseph couldn't be the, the, the father of Jesus. And, so, uh, and we found this out and, and when he talked about it. Before the marriage took place, she was still a virgin. That's why that is so key in the scripture. She was still a virgin and, and she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, we learned this last week and why that was so significant and why that was so important. But let's just look at this today from Joseph's perspective. Joseph's perspective. You're engaged. You found the love of your life. You're excited. You're planning your future. You're even starting to work on a house. You've picked out the perfect spot in the, in the Jerusalem and, and you've done that the best carpenter is and you're going to, man, you're setting it up. You got the camel dodge, camel viper. You got the best out there. And then Mary comes to you. She's like, hey, listen, we need to have a talk. And Joseph's probably like, oh, man, I guess we're going to be picking out wedding cake and, and we're going to be picking out the plates and the napkins and, and, and we're going to pick out the desserts and, and we're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing that. I mean, I'm sure he was excited. Hey, yes, Mary, let's go talk. Yeah, absolutely. What you want to talk about, girl? <laughs> I'm pumped up. And then he drops it and then she drops this atomic bomb on her. This heart-wrenching and, and it would be, I mean, just from a disaster moment. Imagine with me, and I, I know most of you are, ladies in here, but, but imagine guys with me, if your spouse come to you in online cancer, maybe, and imagine with me your spouse come to you and said, hey, listen, I don't, I, 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 uh, I'm pregnant. And then Joseph, in his mind, he already knows they ain't done nothing together because he's still living at his house. She done living over here with her family, and you know, it ain't been wedding day, and, and all of a sudden, she, he, he, she drops this news on him. I'm sure Joseph was not very happy. I know if it were me, I'd be flipping some tables. <laughs> I'm going flip a table at you. <laughs> I'd be flipping some tables and, and throwing some chairs and throwing the pottery, and I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be upset. And, I, and I'm sure Joseph, I mean, I mean, imagine how heartbroken he was to be finding out this news. It ain't like he found out on social media where all of a sudden, oh, look, ultrasound pics are up. <laughs> Sally Sue's having a baby. <laughs> She told him firsthand, hey, look, Joseph, I'm getting ready to have a baby. And but it's not yours. It's not yours, man. So here they are. They have this relationship that they've been building and working on, and all of a sudden, it's not my problem. I'm angry. I'm upset. How could you? Imagine the conversations that was going to take place or took place in those very moments. Mary had, you know, Joseph was an outstanding individual. 
He said that he was kind of like the most royal. If you kind of look at him like that, he was honorable. He was somebody that was one what I can say is dependable, has good integrity, somebody that, that was most upfitting, a good role model, good fatherly figure. And all of a sudden, here we got Mary that was chosen by God. I said, hey, Joseph. I did it. I can't. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. She threw it all. He was, because at this time, at this moment, you got to think that Joseph didn't know what was going on. The angel hadn't come to him yet, hasn't spoke to him yet. He has no clue. All he knows is Mary's pregnant, and it ain't his. <laughs> and this ain't good. I know from my perspective, that ain't a good thing. That ain't looking good. And this is where the very phrase, it's not my problem, almost kept Christmas from happening altogether. It's not my problem. Because uh, we, we're going we're gonna to look at a couple things here. And there's four things we're going to look at in Joseph's life that reminds us. And the first one is, is we all get overwhelmed with drama that we didn't ask for. We all get overwhelmed with drama we didn't ask for. There's times in our life we deal with drama that we didn't ask for. And Joseph was the very key of this right here. He didn't ask for this he didn't, man, he was expecting his life to be played out. He done planned it out. He done planned what he was going to build because he was a carpenter. He knew how he was going to build his home, how, because he could do it right. He knew where he's going to put his bathroom, where he's going to put his closets, where he's going to put his bedroom, his kitchen, where everything was going to be. He knew where Mary's going to be. He was going to treat her like a queen. And all of a sudden, boom. All of a sudden, the bomb was dropped on him. And it was unnecessary drama that he just encountered. He encountered some drama that he wasn't asking for. Anybody ever had drama you didn't ask for? Me too. Verse, uh, Matthew uh, 1 and 19. Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, was a righteous man, and he did not want to dis dis <laughs> disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Biblically here. He was going to break the engagement quietly because he was a righteous man. Because, see, back in the day, there wasn't no such thing as you cheat on your man, you just, you, you just leave and, and nothing's going to happen to you. It was a bad thing back in the day. It, I mean, it's still horrible today, don't I mean, but, but it's really, really bad in Bible times because they would even go on to kill you for certain things like that by, by breaking this. So during... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, da, 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 da. So Joseph was a righteous man. He was a man of righteousness. He was a man of integrity. And he knew that he had to do this quietly. And we're going to find out why. Because he had two options here. He had two options. Uh, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Deuteronomy 22, 23 through 24. Suppose a man meets a young woman, a virgin who is engaged to be married, and he has a sexual intercourse with her. If it happens within a town... Verse 24, you must take both of them to the gates of the town and stone them to death. Holy snikes. So adultery back in the day and premarital sex and, and premarital things that people are doing today, man, these were punishable. They would throw you out of town and stone you to death. I think maybe we need to come back to some of these things. <laughs> but but these, this is what was happening. This is what was supposed to take place. And see, Joseph knew this information. He knew that, that if, if they were having uh, you know, intercourse outside of the marriage uh, unity there, that they would be taken outside the town and stoned to death. And he knew this. 
But Joseph had an option here. He could have Mary executed in front of the whole town. Hey, she, she slept with this guy. She slept with somebody. She's pregnant, and, and it's not mine. Look, we're going to kill her off. We're going to kill her out, man. We're going to take her out here, and we're going to let her. We're going to take her out. We're going to take her out, and we're just going to, man, we're going to let her be killed. And, I, and then, let's just be honest. I would not blame Joseph not one bit for that revenge, right? I know if it were me, that's the revenge I want. Oh, you're going to die, woman. <laughs> woman, you're going <laughs> to... I mean, seriously, I mean, let's just be real. Let's put yourself in, in Joseph's shoes. You've done plan this whole entire life out. And she supposedly is pregnant and it's not your baby. And you know it's not your baby. Yeah, I want her to die. And that's what Joseph could have done. Joseph had that option. He had this option. He also had a, another option, too, that he could have done. Deuteronomy 24 and 1, he said, If a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, he can write her a certificate of divorce, give it to her, and send her from his house. So he could have been like, you know what? Just get out of my house. Leave me alone. Go away from me. I'm done with you. I never want to see you again. He could have easily done either one of these two options. Check this out. Both, both options here would have been very disgraceful to Mary. It would, have, it would have ruined all of her integrity, her name. My dad said you have two things in life, your name and your reputation. If you ruin one, you ruin the other. Your name and your reputation. He knew that this would destroy Mary's reputation. One of them would have been a, a pure, brutal, brutal death along with the public humility. I mean, just imagine, I mean, you're, you're, man, man, this, this would kill her off. And the other one would be a public humility. But back then, if a husband divorced his wife, it was not like they would ever remarry. See, but Joseph said, he said, listen, I'm not going to do these things. I'm going to break the engagement all quietly. I don't want to humiliate her. We'll just go her separate ways. Okay, Joseph, I get you a little bit, mud. I see what you're doing here. This shows that where his integrity comes in at because he truly cared about Mary. And he really loved Mary. Sometimes love makes you do some stupid things, but that's the same love that God shows us each and every day. When we mess up and we do something dumb, God still loves us. God could have easily killed us off at any given moment, but he decided to show us love and grace. All right, check this out. So, so Joseph decided, you know what? Uh, uh, Joseph did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So he went with option number two. He was the righteous man. God, uh, uh, God had, law had allowed him to be fo follow these things where he stood. Even though Mary didn't do anything wrong, but again, Joseph didn't know this at the moment. Number two, if you're taking notes, God will, God's will for our life is always right on the other side of fear. God's will for our life is always right on the other side of fear. Matthew 1, 20 through 21. As Joseph considered this, talking about the, um, the breaking off the engagement here, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid. I mean, because imagine, I mean, Joseph's probably petrified because he knows, I mean, he knows that he's taking a risk here. He knows if he stays with Mary, man, he's going to be the talk of the town. Oh, man, he stuck it out. The girl that cheated on him. And, you know, Joe just, you know, he stuck it out. He's over there. He's doing the baby daddy of somebody else's baby, you know. Or he's killed her off. He was scared. The angel of the Lord came to him and said, Do not fear or fear not or do not be afraid to take me. And then he goes on to say to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his, save his people from their sins. Now, the first thing I'm going to do is wake up and take some antiacids, thinking I done had some heartburn and had some late-night tacos. That I'm like, what are you talking about? But it was very vivid. And Joseph knew that this was the angel of the Lord saying, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. <laughs> I like it. See, see. Uh, Joseph knew that there was a lot at stake. There was a lot to set stake for him. He could lose his integrity. He could lose his name. He could lose his reputation. But the angel of the Lord said, do not be afraid. And in that very moment, Joseph knew exactly what he needed to do. Joseph knew that it's you know uh, 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 that God was calling him, and he said that he knew through his fear that God was going to take care of him, and and work through him, and give you what you needed. See, sometimes the will of our life, we got to go through things that we're scared to death to do. If God's telling you to do it, and God's calling you to do it, you may be scared and petrified for your whole entire life. But I'm going to tell you, the best thing you can do is follow what God's going to call you to do. Don't be afraid. I was scared to death when we said, hey, God, okay, I'm done. I'm done trying to chase other things. I'm tired of trying to figure out what I want to do in my life, and I'm going to let your will be done in my life. And as soon as we said yes to say, hey, we're going to start this church, I was still petrified, but God said, do not be afraid. In the middle of 2020, when the pandemic was hitting and we didn't know what was going to happen, when finances were in the tank, God said, do not be afraid because I'm going to take care of you. I have you because when it's the will of God, when it's the will of God in your life, nothing can stop it from happening. Even if you're petrified, even if you're scared, don't be afraid because God's going to be right there with you. And God's been there right there every single step of the way for us. And if he could do it for us and he could do it for Joseph, guess what? He can do it for you. See, see, it was hard to be afraid when it wasn't something that you asked for. God, how is this my problem? How, how, how am I supposed to, you know, raise this boy and, and, and name Jesus when it's not even my son? How in the world am I supposed to do that? That's not my problem. Because, I mean, just let's be real. That's probably what Joseph was thinking in his brain. How can I, how can I physically do this because it's not my problem? It's not my problem. I didn't cause this. I didn't even ask for this, Jesus. Or I didn't ask for this, God. I didn't ask for this, Gabriel. I didn't ask for none of this, but yet you're wanting me to do it. And the angel said, do not fear. And do not be afraid to take her as, her, as your wife. And I love this. I know this isn't your problem, but I'm asking you to make it your problem. And sometimes it's what God's telling you. It's not your problem, but sometimes God's asking you to make it your problem. 
I was scared to death, and I didn't want to make, you know, having a church and having the responsibility of leaving, uh, leading a flock of individuals in, in, a, in a congregation. I didn't want to. I didn't ask for it. But God said, I need you to make it your problem. And it's the best problem I've ever had. There's nights that I stay up and I cry and I don't know what we're going to do next. But you know what? I keep staying faithful to God. And you know what? God keeps blessing us and blessing us. And when we feel like that we're in the end of the road, God says, hey, we're going to double it down. In a matter of moments, God's doubled a lot of what's in our personal life. I'll be sharing that in a few weeks with you guys. Doubled. Doubled because when you're faithful to God, God will bless you abundantly and give you everything that you need. So when you make it your problem, God's going to lead your, lead the right way and he's going to give you the right path, even if there's fear involved. Number three, if you're taking notes, uh, what, we must consider an, what we might consider an interruption to our plans might have been a, may have been God's plan all along. You might, we, what we might consider an interruption to our plans might have been God's plans all along. And we talked about this a lot last week, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rehash everything that we talked about last week. You guys, if you missed it, I'd encourage you to go back on our Facebook and watch it. We're hopefully gonna have the podcast op- uh, uploaded this week and get those caught back up. I do apologize; we're a little bit behind. But listen, listen, listen. We learned last week that sometimes God disrupts our plans, just like He did Mary's. Mary didn't ask for it either. The angel appeared to her and said, "Hey, young and faithful servant." You're going to carry the Messiah that's going to save the whole entire world from their sins. You're going to call him Emmanuel called God with us. Sometimes God's going to disrupt our plans. So let's kind of recap here. So we got, we, we all get overwhelmed with drama that we didn't ask for. We see that all the time. God's will for our life is right on the other side of fear. What we might consider an interruption to God, interruption to God's plan might be might have been God's plans all along. I had no idea. You guys, at some point today, if you haven't ever looked at it, there's some drawings in a picture frame back there with the medic logo on it, and it said we prayed for eleven years. <clears throat> eleven years. I had no idea. And I know I constantly tell you this, guys. I want you guys to understand it wasn't a part of the plan that I had for my life that I was intending on doing, but it was God's plan all along. All along, his plans for our lives, sometimes it may not be what we think they should be. Again, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to share something cool with you guys. That our plans that we had sometimes get interrupted. Sometimes it's a good interruption. Sometimes it's a bad interruption. Sometimes it causes you to have to lose friends relationships, jobs, money, cars, homes. But God's not going to leave you astray. The best time to do what God wants you to do is right now. Right now. The best thing, the best time to do what God wants you to do is right now. Take a note, write that down. The best time to do what God wants you to do is right now. And it says in verse 24, it says, When Joseph wake up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until the son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. The best thing we can do is right now. 
So I'm going to kind of paint a picture, and I know I share this with you kind of, kind of, kind of often. It's, it's, you know, uh, back and when me and Tasha first got married, uh, we were trying to go, go to different churches. We were trying to get involved. We were trying to do things. God had called me to be a youth pastor, and, and it, was, it had set some things up. We were youth pastoring. I got a phone call, and, and, and I didn't pray about it. I just went. I followed flesh. I didn't do what God asked me to do. I got some church hurt. I got people that were mad at me. I got friends that were supposed to be my friends that didn't care about me. And church got ugly. And I said, God, if that's how church people are going to act, I'm going to, I don't have nothing else to do with it. And we walked away for a year and a half. A year and a half, I knew what God was calling us to do in ministry, and I walked away. And I said, God, I'm not going to do this. So fast forward just a little bit, so I don't, we got, for time purposes, fast forward, we got back in church, got saved, got baptized, started doing uh, ministry work, got back involved in, in the youth pastor, and I was the youth pastor of the church, and, and all of a sudden, this, the pastor of the church said, hey, we're going to start another church in Mount Airy, would you guys pray about becoming and being a part of it? We prayed about it, and God said, hey, we want you to go, we want you to be a part of this church plant, and then we went, <clears throat> after several confirmations, and, and you know, I said, okay, God, we're going to go. We said, Yes. And every time we said, begin to say yes, God began to fill prophecies and, and things in our lives. Because the best time to do what we wanted in that moment was to do the right thing right then. The moment we said yes just to help plant the church in Mount Airy, God opened doors like I could never imagine. And then all of a sudden, when, when we felt and we knew our time was, was over and God said, hey, I want you to do more. I, I, I've called you to do more. I want you to start this process. I told God he's insane. I said, God, I'm not doing that. And then we began to look and we began to pray and pray and pray. And I finally told Tasha, I said, we got to step away from what we're being involved in. I said, I want to step away. I said, that way we can focus on what we need to focus on. And God began to show me a vision and prophecies and, 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 and things about this church that were going to take place. So we started beginning the process of, of, of making Medic Church. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I was like, okay, God. And then things started falling into place and, and things started looking good. And all of a sudden, I said, okay, well, maybe this isn't quite what God was calling me. God, you just want me to pastor church. So we found this church and we went to it and they needed a pastor. And then long story short, it didn't work out. And then we went to another church and said, well, maybe we're not supposed to pastor. Maybe we're supposed to be associate pastors. So we went to another church and guess what? It all looked good until the end of the meeting. And I still don't know what happened. But it's not, we sit in the parking lot and God said, are you done doing your own thing? Or are you going to do what I called you to do? And in that very moment, I said, okay, God, you're right. Right now, right now, I'm going to do it. When we said yes in that very moment, man, you wouldn't imagine the things that started to play out. And, and, and man, what was great about it is, is, is man, we've seen lives changed and we started March 1st 2020 and God ran he touched people's life like never before man where everything just seemed like it wasn't going to be a way man he made a way so right now the best time to do what you can do in your life you can um, the camera the best thing that you can do and the best time you can do what God wants you to do is right now right now the very things that you're that God's calling you to do right now you can do it it may, it may be hard. It may, you may not understand why God's calling you to do what he's calling you to do. It, it may not make sense. It, it, it may 
be hard. It, you might be scared to death. Like I was. I was petrified. I said, God, I, I don't know if I can do this. God, I don't know if I can if I can even begin to know how to even write the bylaws for the church. God, I don't even know what, what where to even begin. And he said, who are you trusting more? Yourself in this world or me? See, what I like about God and I love about God is he'll put you in check. And that's exactly what he did. He said, quit trusting yourself in this world and trust me. And the best thing you can do right now is to trust me. Trust me in what I'm doing and what I've called you to do. And today, God may be calling you to do something. God may be calling you to step out of your comfort zone. It may just be as simple as sharing your story to somebody. It may just be something as little as paying for somebody's meal. If God's calling you to do it, the best time to do it is right now. You may be on the fence and saying, hey, I know I've been, I've been watching you online. I've been listening to this podcast. I've been coming to your church. And I'm still scared to make a decision for Christ. I'm still worried about what people are going to say about me. I'm still worried about the friends that I might lose. Who cares? The best thing you could do is right now is make that decision for Christ. Make that recommitment for Christ. Get involved. Hey, listen, listen. Y'all want to know something? I'll just share it with you. It's for the last, I don't know. I know I've shared this with you before. For the last several months, the, your giving that you guys give has been, just be transparent with you, it's been kind of low. And so what we've had to do is, is we've been faithful and saying, okay, God, what we want to do is, is we're, because it was either we pay for it out of our pockets or we're going to have to shut the church down. That was just, that's reality. But God said, hey, I've called you to do it. And, that, and you know what? We've been faithful every step of the way. Every single, every time with a church rent, we never missed a church rent. We never missed a power bill. We never missed a rent. We never missed a water bill. And why am I telling you? It's because while we're being faithful, God's been blessing us unimaginably. And if he can bless us, I know he can bless you. Because listen, he has doubled our our, our, our month, our, what, what am I trying to say? He has doubled our income. And why am I telling you this? Because when we are being faithful, we said, right now, God, this is what we got to do. We're going to be faithful to you, one, already with our giving. And on top of that, we're going to make sure the church is taken care of. I'm not asking for a pity party, but I want you guys to understand, right now, if you're struggling with your giving, maybe you need to take it to God and say, hey, God, I'm going to give you the whole, my whole self, and I'm going to give you my whole self in giving. And watch what he does. Because if he can bless us and he can double us, he can double you. Pastor Michael, I want financial breakthrough. Me too. And we've been praying and praying for a year and a half, almost two years, saying, hey, God, we want financial freedom. And we're almost there. I see light at the end of the tunnel because we've been faithful. It's been hard. It's been difficult. I didn't know what was going to happen next, but I trusted God because when the angel comes to me, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. He's going to be right there with you. And listen. Listen, the heavens are going to open up and flood out like never before. And so today, whatever you may be dealing with, whether it's finances, whether it's sickness, whether it's addictions, whatever it might be in your life, right now is the best time that you can make to give it to God. Let's stand up this afternoon. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you so much for this day. I want to thank you for everybody that's here, God. God, all that you do in our lives, Lord. 
Lord, right now, let us depend on you, God. God, we may not have asked for things. God, I didn't ask to take on the burdens of the church, but God, you have taken us, and you have, we have trusted you, God. God, and you have done amazing and great things, God. God, we thank you for the many blessings, Father. God, we thank you because we know the best is yet to come. And God, if you could do it for us, God, we know you could do it for each and every person that's in here today that's on our online campus, God. God, that's going to list this podcast later on, Father. We know right now that you can do it. And Lord, right now, we want to make the steps. And Lord, we're going to make continue to make those right steps for you, Father. God, just begin to bless us, Lord. God, when we don't, when we didn't ask for it, God, and we didn't want it to be our problem, God, let us make it our problem today. God, help us and touch us, Father. If you want to make a decision for Christ, all you have to do is say this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I know you came to this earth and died on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. And when it gets hard, remind me and reassure me that you're right there with me. God, help me on this new journey. Thank you again for tuning in to the Medic Church Podcast. Today, if you need prayer, you can go to medicchurch.com forward slash pray. Our team's standing by ready to pray and believe that God's going to meet each and every need that is submitted. Would you consider partnering with us right now so we can continue providing podcasts just like this one? You can do so by going to www.medicchurch.com forward slash give. You can do a one-time gift, a reoccurring gift, We just ask that you pray and give from your heart today. Join us back next time as we give another life-giving message. All right, we'll see you soon.